0: Today, we have a special guest. Daniel Burris is considered one of the world's leading futurist speakers on global trends and disruptive technologies. Burris is founder, president, and CEO of Burris Research, which has been helping Fortune 500 companies and high-level leaders anticipate future roadblocks and create a competitive advantage. Welcome to the Action Catalyst, Daniel.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it.
0: All right, well, tell us, what exactly is futurism? How do you define futurism? Well, you know, in a way, we're
1: all futurists. I mean, anytime anybody makes a prediction, for example, someone could say something wild like, you know, next week, man will step foot on the moon. That is being a prediction, and that is being a futurist. But to be a professional futurist, you actually have to be right every now and then. (laughs) And if you have a methodology, and again, I've been doing this for 38 years, seven best-selling books, New York Times, L.C. Journal, thousands of articles. I've started six companies using these principles that have done well.
0: So I've got a methodology that works, and I'm excited to share that with everyone. Wow. Well, I know you talk about trends a lot in your books and your articles. So tell us, when people are looking for certainty in an uncertain world, how do you help do that through trends? Well, it's actually a very powerful
1: thing, and you could even think of it as a science of certainty. What I've done is I realized, number one, there's no shortage of trends. The trouble is, which ones are going to happen? And secondly, when will they happen? So I've come up with a way of doing that, and I'm going to teach that to people today and show you how you can apply it. So basically, all trends are either one of two categories. They're either a hard trend based on a future fact that will happen. Now, what that means is it cannot be stopped. It's going to happen. A soft trend is based on an assumption about the future that may or may not happen. And when it comes to business and your personal life, risk and managing risk is important, especially if we are looking at anything innovative. So this is a new way to manage risk because strategy based on certainty has low risk, strategy based on uncertainty has high risk. So there's a couple of things I'm teaching in the moment. One is that trends are either hard trends or soft trends, uh, one of the two. And secondly, you have to tie an opportunity to the trend. You see, if you just talk about a trend, you know what? I'm bored. So are you. It's academic. But the minute we can talk about how one of your 18 businesses can profit from one of these trends, I got your attention. And so you've got to always have an opportunity tied to a trend. So when it comes to hard trends, you can see the disruptors before they disrupt. That allows you to have disruption become a choice. You can now either be the disruptor or the disrupted. There's no in between. And it lets you see problems. Before you have them. I mean, how many times have people said, well, I knew that would happen. And I would say, well, then why did you let it? It's amazing how many problems you can predict and pre-solve. But usually we let them play out. And in the old world, meaning two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, uh, you could do that and get away with it. But the world is moving so fast right now. If we don't get ahead and predict problems and pre-solve them, we're not going to be happy campers. One other thing on soft trends, then. I love them as well. Love soft trends, love hard drink. What do I love about a soft trend? If you don't like it, you can change it. It's based on an assumption and you can change it. Uh, the big thing I would like to point out, being a guy that tracks all this stuff with a good track record, is that I want you to realize a couple of things. Number one, there's never been more opportunity than there is right now. Right now. It's kind of like there's a mountain of opportunity, but it's fogged in. And the reason fog is hiding the mountain is the fog tends to be the new because bad news sells, good news doesn't sell. And if there's no bad news today, we'll give you the anniversary of bad news. But if you blow away the fog and see the unbelievable opportunity for every single person, every single one of you, you'll sit back and go, whoa, whoa, I can't believe what we could do. Because when human beings have a vision and have something that they can be certain about, they now have the confidence to make a bold
0: move. Well, it seems like the world of finance is going through some changes. And a hot topic in the news is Bitcoin, the blockchain, problems that that is solving. What are your thoughts on that? And how could the future of finance be affected by the blockchain and Bitcoin?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, before answering it, I will answer that. I want to point uh, to a word that you used because you said it looks like the finance industry is in the process of getting changed by. It, and then you went on. And I would say, actually, it's getting transformed. Uh, because there's a difference between change and transformation. You know, the uh, BlackBerry changed how we did our email because they let us do it on a mobile device. But the iPhone transformed how we use a phone. So, uh, you know, there's, there's transforming and there's change. Change always comes from the outside in, forcing us to react, respond, put out fires, crisis manage. And there will continue to be changes coming from the outside in. But here's an important insight I want to share, and that is transformation. Whether it's a personal transformation or a business transformation, always comes from the inside out. And when it comes from the inside out, you now have some control in shaping your future because I don't want you to be a passive receiver. I want you to be an active shaper. So, now to answer your question about how Bitcoin and blockchain are transforming finance, when Bitcoin first came out and it existed because of another technology that supported it called blockchain, Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies, think of them as private currencies, meaning it's not run by government. It's run in a private way. We have another type of cryptocurrency, digital currency coming out now that governments are thinking of using, which is different. Uh, We already have uh, 17 governments that are exploring it. China is already testing it. And does that mean that you and I will never have cash? And one of the ways that I've taught people in my books and in my speaking uh, and in my consulting to see the future more accurately is what I call the both-and principle. You see, most of us default to thinking the future is either this or that. It's either digital or paper. But the real way to see the future is it's this and that. In other words, we are going to continue to probably to like to have our U.S. dollar here in this country uh, and have that be something that we call the dollar. And we'll probably call the electronic version a dollar as well, but you aren't going to carry that in your pocket. You'll carry that in your phone or your smart device. Matter of fact, taking that one step further on another industry that's being disrupted and transformed uh, automobiles, if we look at autonomous vehicles, Elon Musk said two years ago that by 2025, no car will be sold with a steering wheel or a brake or way to control it. And back when he made that prediction, I said, well, now, sorry, Elon, you're going to be wrong on that one because of the both and principle. Can you imagine Lamborghini selling a car that you can't control? What are they going to do? Say it's got nice seats. Would you buy a Porsche that you can't drive, that it just drives itself? I don't think so. A lot of it's going to be autonomous in the right places. For example, one of my clients is a large drug company. Uh, They have uh, 16 buildings and buses that go from building to building to building, taking people around. Perfect for no one having to drive that one, make it autonomous. Perfect example, Uh, a school bus. Well, I don't know. Would you put your kindergartner in a bus that has no driver in it? I don't think so. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to see the both end, and here's what we'll have,
0: semi-autonomous vehicles and autonomous vehicles. On that note, uh, and speaking of Elon Musk, who also is is definitely transforming our world, he recently revealed the Tesla bot and talked about something that people are interested in and talking about and could change the, the world. What are your thoughts on the Tesla bot and do you have any insights to that? Yeah.
1: As a matter of fact, I've been very involved in a number of key technology areas uh, directly, uh, AI and cyber, but I've also been very involved in robotics. So what Musk is doing is a little bit like, uh, remember the Dodge Viper? Yeah, of course. Now, did Chrysler plan on making a lot of money on the Dodge Viper? Well, no. What they were doing is showing that they could be cool if they wanted to be. And what Musk is doing is he's putting out what this robot could be and what it can look like. And it's going to be a little time yet before he can actually get that baby out there. But he's putting out his vision for it. And the other one, like Boston Robotics versions, the one that's the dog and that other one you've seen that's kind of bulky, jumping around and everything. Actually, uh, those primary uses for those are, are military especially the the one that's a humanoid. That's why it's so bulky and it's got that the big pack and all that. Matter of fact, one of the reasons that they're putting up those cute videos, I'm talking about Boston Robotics, showing them dancing and all of that, is it's trying to offset the part that this can be used also for war and
0: for other things. And I guarantee you that's what the listeners are thinking about. What are the odds that you see where... The future of military and and, uh, policing or whatever it is where robotics and robots like this would be used to actually have military and and, uh, be armed and kind of the stuff you see on Terminator.
1: Yeah. Well, in some ways, and I am on the uh, Department of Defense Futures group, by the way, and I am a strategic advisor to the DOD and the Joint Chiefs uh, on AI, cyber and other other things. So... I do have some insights, some things that I can't tell you or I'll disappear from the planet. But uh, but, uh, what I will say is that there already is a jet that can land on an aircraft carrier that uh, has no human on board. And by the way, it's not uh, connected to the Internet. It's not remote controlled because that could be hacked. Uh, It's actually using uh, its own uh, system, its own AI to be able to control it. I have another uh, a client that has a, a ship, and this is a DOD ship, that can uh, has already gone to Hawaii and back, has nobody on it at all, and it can uh, submerge or be on the surface, big submarine with nobody on board. So some of these things are already farther along than you might think. I've been doing a lot of work with the DOD and with hard trends to pre-solve predictable problems before they happen because there's a lot of predictable problems that could go wrong. I want to make sure they know them and pre-solve them because you and I don't want to live in that world. Mm -hmm. We think to ourselves that technology can be real evil or do bad things. And what I do want to point out is technology is completely benign. You can use the same technology to give someone cancer as to cure their cancer. Depends on what you do with it. So it's never the tool. It's how you use the tool.
0: Mm -hmm. You led right into my next question with the unmanned jet that we now have. What are your thoughts on the future of drone technology? And that seems to be trending right now and could change a lot of things. Flying cars and Amazon talking about delivering packages with drones. What are your thoughts? Is that a hard trend, soft trend? What, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, uh, you know, the use of drones is for sure a hard trend. It's been growing for quite a while. I think that there's going to be regulations that have to come out to kind of keep track of what's happening with drones. Because if drones are uh, delivering uh, packages uh, and you look at all the different people who would love to have drones delivering packages, we may have more drones than we have birds. Secondly, a drone could be outside of your bedroom window uh, with a 4K and soon 8K camera. I don't know if you'd like that either so we're going to need some way of regulating and they're already starting to do that but we'll see that for robots we'll see that with drones we'll see these things come about to help us and to protect us from very very powerful uh technologies by the way one of the things that i've been working on a because uh, i've got a number of projects that that i work on um is uh, using a new type of drone I've had an idea for and got some people working on it, drones to uh, put out uh, these big giant fires. Because right now what we use is uh, tankers that drop retardant in, and we also use helicopters to drop water on, but uh, you could use a, a large drone. Remember, drones can be as big as a house. So you could use a large drone, no human on board, And uh, you could get actually into the fire with it and use heat sensors to put things
0: out. I love it. Well, as you're thinking of all the listeners that are out there and they're in a variety of different businesses at Southwestern Family of Companies, we have businesses in countries all over the world. And when you look across the trends of COVID and look at the opportunities within that, what advice would you give and what trends are you seeing and how should we prepare for it? All right, well, COVID, the
1: disease itself, and the virus itself, uh, once we have a virus that infects humans, it never goes away. It's with us forever. We control it through vaccines, typically. That's how we dealt with chickenpox, that way it dealt with measles. By the way, measles is the most infectious disease that's ever hit the world. It's most infectious by far. Holy cow, it spread. Uh, but it's not deadly. Different viruses have, sometimes they spread easy, but they're not deadly. Sometimes they're deadly, but they don't spread very much. There's another another of factors here. So a pandemic is a global outbreak. And because we all travel and we are global and we all move around so much, it spread exponentially because this particular virus doubles every three days. Because it is global in nature and because there are countries that do not have access to vaccines very well that's where more variants can come from uh, it's going to take longer for the pandemic to officially end because even if in this country we got down to we don't have any more cases if someone from where they don't have a uh, vaccine very good travels here it could start you know a spread again assuming we didn't have uh, vaccinated a uh, population so this rm technology is transformative, and it will help with many diseases. It's, it's just a major breakthrough. It's been worked on for 10 years, but it, uh, it was first used this way, and it's proven itself to uh, do quite well. So first of all, just like you need a flu shot every year, not everyone gets one. But uh, why do we have to get a flu shot every year? Because it is another virus that changes and morphs. So this virus is going to change and morph, and there's probably going to be boosters along the way. We don't know how often because it depends on the virus and how often it changes and morphs. The other thing that's helping us is we're developing some uh, drugs already that, uh, that already have approval. We just had to find the best drugs to use that can help alleviate severe symptoms. So if we can alleviate symptoms and we can uh, there's a number of things that we can get control of this thing and uh, and bring it down so it's not going to be with us forever and a thing uh, from a business standpoint i want you to think this way post pandemic and we will get post pandemic post pandemic success will be determined by what you do now not what you do post pandemic yeah so it's what you do now secondly uh, you want to take it every bad thing Everything that's negative has something positive. Everything positive has something negative. So with all the negative that the pandemic has created, here's what it did on another side. It accelerated at least 16 of the 25 core technologies that, I, uh, that I'm tracking. It accelerated them beyond exponential to advance 10 years, in some cases, 8 and 10 years within just a matter of months. In other words, we went 10 years ahead. In just months, because people were forced to change when we had the pandemic. We were forced to lock down and we were forced to go digital in new ways. Doctors could have had virtual appointments, but they didn't. But then they had to. Uh, Students had to work virtually. They could have done that before, but they didn't. Uh, The problem is we didn't have time to train anybody to do it and get them the equipment. That's another story. Uh, But my point is, is that we've learned how to do virtual meetings. You and I are using Zoom. So we've been changed. And uh, we've been transformed ourselves, and we will continue to evolve and transform. And that means there is business opportunity. Because when you have technology, exponential technology advancing beyond exponential levels, you have beyond exponential opportunities for every industry right now. Think in terms of opportunity, and then look at the technologies Come up with a list. As a matter of fact, let me give you uh, give you all something that I'd like you to do after hearing me and, and hearing this podcast. Because I, I don't want to just leave with, a hope you liked it. Let me give you all an action. Uh, I would like you to spend one hour a week. One hour is doable. And what I'd like you to do is to unplug from the present and plug into your future. Because that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. That's where you're going to make the rest of your money. Maybe you ought to think about it. And in that hour, instead of creating a list of things you don't know, how about a list of things you do know? Instead of things you're uncertain about, how about a list of things you are certain about? Instead of things you you can't do, how about a list of things you can do? I would like that hour to be your opportunity hour. And I would like you to look at what are the hard trends, these future facts that I can see are happening. And I know they'll continue and growing, just like after 5G. Is that it? No, we're going to have 6G followed by 7. And are we putting a lot in the cloud? Well, is it getting full? No. And if you don't like AI, is it going away? No, it's not going away. Instead, we got to ask ourselves, how are we going to use it? And the aging population isn't going to all of a sudden turn around and get young again. And so, but there's a lot of opportunity with an aging population. Think about it. So I would like you to spend one hour, look at the hard trends, Look at the soft trends that you can manipulate and change to your advantage. Get the opportunity for each. You'll get a list. Come down and get one thing that you act on because big lists never get done. If you can find one hard trend certainty
0: to act on, you'll end up doing really well. I love it. Well, thank you for helping us have more insight about the future, about what we need to be thinking about and how to get our minds focused on at least one thing. If anybody wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to reach you directly? Well, the best way to do that is to go to b u r r u s burrus.com.
1: Also, you might want to go to Amazon and pick up my latest book, The Anticipatory Organization, How to Turn Disruption and uh, Change into Opportunity
0: and Advantage. I think you would find that very useful. Very timely book. I'm going to go check it out myself. Thank you for your time here on the Action Catalyst podcast. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Take care. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.